God bless you all. May God bless you all, my beloved brothers and sisters. A very special greeting to you all. I know that you travel from afar, very far. You all are here. And I know that you have made sacrifices to be here. But you have arrived. Why? Because you have the hope in our Lord. Because you trust in our Lord. Believe in him. For you have known that the Lord is love and that he has blessed you and he is giving you joy and peace. This is why you run to where God manifests himself. For where the Lord manifests himself, the people will go. As the Lord Jesus Christ said, wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So where the Lord manifests himself, we will be. Glory to the Lord. He knows this. He knows this. And the Lord, we exalt him here. For example, in Psalm 84, it states, Verse 1, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Glory to the Lord. And this is what occurs to us. Our heart and our soul desires fervently for our Lord. We want to be in the congregation of God. For here he manifests himself with his Holy Spirit. And this is why we are happy. This is why we are here. We are here gathered together to honor, to honor this all-powerful Lord. To honor this Lord that made the heavens and the earth. To this Lord that spoke to Moses and gave ordinances and laws. And these ordinances and laws, we have them in our hearts today. And it has been given by the Holy Spirit. This is why we are happy. In Psalm 87... His foundation, his foundation, this of the church of the Lord, is in the holy mountain. His foundation of the church is in the holy mountains. It's called Jesus of Nazareth. It says, the Lord loves the gates of Zion, the gates of the church the Lord loves loves more than all the dwellings of Jacob glory to the Lord the Lord chose a people a tribe the Lord chose the tribe of Judah and of the tribe of Judah would come this foundation this cornerstone Jesus Christ 
and says the Lord loved more this tribe than all the others of Israel. For from the tribe of Judah came the Lord Jesus Christ. For he is this cornerstone, this foundation of the church. This is why in verse 2, the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob, than all the tribes of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God, or church of Jesus Christ. Glorious things are spoken of you, are said and shall continue to be said. Glory to the Lord. How beautiful it is to worship and praise our Lord and to reflect upon the word of the Lord, to comprehend and interpret his word in this way so beautifully. Above all, to take it to our heart. So I give you all a very special greeting. I love you with all of my heart. And I hope that the Lord always fulfills your promises as he does until now to bless you, to fulfill the wants of your heart, to fulfill all your petitions, to grant, to grant your needs. Today we are here in Barcelona, Spain. We are here all gathered. The different churches of Spain and a few brothers and sisters of other from other countries. And we give you a special greeting with all of our heart to all of our brothers and sisters and all of those that will see the video of the Bible study. A special greeting to you all and that you may receive the blessing of God. That the Lord as well has blessings, has many blessings for those that watch the video, for those that put their heart into the promises of God. Amen. You may be seated, brothers and sisters. Let us go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. In chapter 5, the Gospel of Matthew, we're going to be reflecting upon the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. He gave to his disciples, to the people that were listening there in the city of Jerusalem, the old city. For more than 2,000 years have passed. This is why we say the old Jerusalem. Chapter 5, Gospel of Matthew. And let us reflect. In which way, which way the Lord began his ministry, when he began his preaching of the kingdom of God, his preaching of the gospel, the good news of salvation, the new path that he had planted for the souls to be saved. This new covenant that he had set with the Heavenly Father, the new path that brings to eternal life, 
for the old path was called the law of Moses. All that would fulfill the law of Moses without missing any dot or comma would be saved, would have eternal life. But since no one could fulfill, the Lord set a new covenant with the Father to show a better way, a different way, a simple path, a path where he would be the one to guide the counselor, to promote that guide of that path, the only mediator. He would be that way to go to eternal life. And the Lord begins to preach his word, the good news, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. His teaching and in all the preaching that he gave there during that air in Judea, Jerusalem, he always said the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. In the kingdom of heaven, simply go those who do the will of the Father. In this way, the Lord Jesus Christ preached always mentioning the kingdom of heaven. But we as well, we change the name and say the pure gospel, true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this way, the Lord preaching his word in all of that territory, there on the street, in the plaza, in the street corner, there in the city, on the beach, in the mountains, in any location, he used to preach, taking advantage to preach and teach. And the people followed him. The people followed him. And why is it they followed him? Let us read. I'm going to go to chapter 4, verse 23. 4, 23, that reads... And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. For he as well entered into the synagogues of the Jews to preach his gospel. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. That is why they followed him. They followed him for they were searching for healings of the body, healing for their souls. They were searching for a miracle, searching for a benefit on behalf of the Lord. Verse 24, then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Glory to the Lord. How were they not going to follow the Lord? How were the people were not going to do whatever they could to follow him? For each one wanted to receive a benefit physically, material, even though during that time they did not worry the, phys the spiritual life, to worry of their soul, simply searching for the physical benefit, materially, 
25. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. All these people of Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan, they followed the Lord. And seeing the multitudes, when he sees this multitude, he begins to teach the kingdom of heaven. He begins to teach them a path that is different, a path different from this that they knew. They knew the path of Moses. Others surely lived in idolatry in their traditions. But the Lord wanted for they to begin to think upon eternal life, upon their souls, on their spiritual path. He had done many miracles and he was giving physical blessings. And now was the moment to teach eternal life. This is why in chapter 5, in seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. He goes up on the mountain, it states. The mountains were not so high, were not so tall, or in little mountains that a perfect can easily climb up. And maybe it will take in 40 minutes going up the mountain until he's on the hilltop. So he was there on this hilltop, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him there to hear the word of the Lord. They were seated. His disciples came, and then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, this is where we now see the difficulty, difficult for many that were there waiting for the miracle, for the healing, the miracles, for the illnesses to be removed, that the Lord helped them resolve the problems, financial hardships. This is what they were waiting for. But the Lord began to speak to them that each one be conscious of eternal life, of their soul, of their being, and tells them in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How many people in that moment were there surrounding him? Many. And the Lord says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For surely there are many poor regarding money, poor physically, without money. But here he was referring to blessed are the poor in spirit, meaning that soul that is humble, modest with a willing heart to believe in the Lord. That is the heart of the poor. Those are the poor in spirit. We are not talking about a person who is short of spirit, meaning impulsive, but poor in spirit, humble and modest. They're willing to hear and accept the things of God. That's the humble person, the poor in spirit.
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Glory to the Lord. May our Lord help us to be poor in spirit so that we may accept all of his teachings, all of his doctrine, and we may fulfill. Let us do the will of our Lord and let us please our Lord in every aspect. That is the poor in spirit. Verse four. If you have a Bible, if you'd like to help me read verse four. And the Lord said, blessed are those who mourn. But why is it that they mourned? What type of mourning or what type of crying was the Lord referring to here? What was the crying or the mourning? Is it that someone was hitting them or is it that they were hurt or someone took their money or someone stole from them? It wasn't that type of mourning. This mourning is that that is produced when a person converts to the Lord. When someone believes in God and they follow his path and they want to do the will of the Lord. And then the enemy arrives and uses any means, any circumstance in life, any moment, any situation in the life and makes them suffer and places a tribulation, bitterness, sufferings, perhaps even an illness. All of this the enemy does. And the person there then is suffering and cries. Surely then the enemy arrives and puts the family against them to humiliate them, to say things against them, displeasing or offensive words. And this person hurts and suffers and mourns, cries, because they are in the path of the Lord. They are suffering for they are being persecuted. They're being insulted, mocked, ridiculed. They're receiving all these words simply for the fact that saying they are Christian, that I converted to the word of the Lord, that I am searching for the kingdom of God. So you mourn for this. But the Lord says, blessed are those who mourn, those who are persecuted. They are blessed, the Lord says. The Lord says, they are blessed, those who mourn, for they will receive what? They shall be comforted by the Holy Spirit. So this man and woman who are suffering, suffering the persecution, they come to church and the Lord speaks and comforts them and says, do not feel affliction. Do not be saddened. Continue forward for I am going to help you. I am going to prosper you. I am going to place you on high. I will remove all of these enemies. I will destroy all of those that harm you or hurt you. Follow me. Follow me for I will comfort you. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He uses his way, dreams, visions, or prophecy to give us comfort. Glory be to the Lord. This is what our Lord does. 
So blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. Verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Thanks be to our Father, the meek. Here the Lord is listing these blessings. But know that all of these blessings can be lived and should be lived by one person, a believer. A believer can and should live all of these blessings. One can be poor in spirit. He as well can be one that mourns and the Lord comforts. And now he as well has to be meek. These are qualities. These are the fruits. These are values that the Lord wants for us, his children, to have many values, many qualities, many virtues, many of the values that we should have. We cannot say, oh, I'm poor in spirit and you are meek and the other person is merciful. No, each one of us, we should gather all of these blessings in our life. Each one of us, we should be and gather all of these requirements that are called the fruits, the fruits of the spirit that the Lord gives us after we convert to him. And when he says, blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. And the inheritance is eternal life. And the meek, the person that is meek, modest, gentle, someone that has a heart that is giving, patient, noble, allow themselves to be taught. Someone that does not have in their heart grudges or hate towards anyone, that does not desire bad towards another. They're not full of anger or arguments, rages. They don't become irritable quickly. They are not there who are harsh or hot-tempered. That is a person who is meek. They are very slow to anger, gentle. They accept and are silent even, giving. And they are always listening listening to others, paying attention, and they do not get irritated. Those are the meek. This type of meek person is what we want to be, correct? We want to be meek. We want to be poor in spirit. We want to mourn for the cause of the Lord. And now what other virtue continues? It says, blessed are those, what? You may read verse 6. To have hunger and thirst for righteousness is to have the need or to feel the need to learn the doctrine and the path of God. To have the need to acquire knowledge regarding the doctrine 
of our Lord to put it into practice. This is to have hunger and thirst for righteousness, to learn the path, to learn the doctrine, to read the Bible, to reflect upon it, to read it profoundly, to reflect upon each word, each phrase, each prayer, each paragraph, to speak with the Lord, to ask the Lord, what does this mean? Or to say to the Lord, how beautiful are these verses that speak of you. This is a person who has hunger and thirst for righteousness that desire the spiritual and the Lord as well as he says in other verses search first for the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all the material all the other material things will be acquired will be added on they will be given the Lord gives but first search for the spiritual First, learn and desire in your heart to live the holy and righteous life before the Lord, to have a heart be, without being defiled, a pure and clean heart. And then later, the blessings, physical, material, will be added on for the Lord knows your life and knows what you need. This the Lord does. And here it continues Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The merciful with others, with the people. The merciful is he that has compassion, he that is tolerant, he that accepts patience, this person is going to be merciful and receive mercy on behalf of the Lord. The Lord is going to be merciful with him or with her. Because you have been just and merciful with others. You have had patience and you have been considerate. You have placed yourself in their shoes so that you can be considerate and you see, if they suffer, you suffer. Just as you suffer and need someone to comfort you, the other person does too. If they suffer, they need someone to comfort them. If you've fallen in a mistake and you want to be forgiven, and you want to be forgiven for that mistake, you want a new opportunity in your life, you should do so for others. Because as you feel the need, the other persons as well need that is called the merciful. The merciful is he that suffers because he feels the suffering and feels the pain of others and says he is suffering as I have felt and suffered and what I have wanted for myself, I want for him. That is the mercy. And the Lord said, Blessed are the merciful, for they as well shall obtain mercy from our Lord. Thanks be to our Father. So each one of us, we should have 
all of these virtues, all of these fruits, we should be poor in spirit. We should mourn for the suffering and the Lord comfort us. We should be meek. We should have hunger and thirst for righteousness. And now we should be merciful. You see, brothers and sisters, each one of us should acquire and have all of these qualities. Verse 8. Please read. It is so beautiful and so amazing. What verse? How beautiful. Every time that I read this verse, it moves me. Blessed are the pure in heart. And what is it to be pure in heart? The contrary of pure is dirty, is unpure. What is it to be pure? To have a pure heart is free of grudges, envy, greed, covetedness, foul language, wrong desires, bad habits. What else? Help me think. To have a pure heart is to remove all stain. Revenge, hate, pride, rebelliousness, stubborn, self-will, hard-headed. All of these things we remove from our heart because it is there so hidden that no one sees it. No one sees this. We see faces. We see the faces of the people. But we do not see the heart, what's inside. And then later, of what's inside, that is what flows forth. And it's when we say, oh, look at this person, how they are. This person is arrogant. Look at that person. They're proud. They're stubborn. They don't even smile. Look at how angry they are, full of grudges, full of bitterness, full of sadness full of being pessimistic. They're only thinking of revenge and grudges. You see how they are? Because they bring forth what's in the heart. But the Lord said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see Oh, but we're going to see God after death or now. It is now. It is not after death. I don't need to wait to die to see God. It is now in our life, in this life that we have, that we need to see God. Logically, we're not going to see him physically. We're not going to see him physical as we see each other physically. The Lord, we're not going to see him physically, but we are going to see him spiritual, his love through the work, through his task, his greatness, visions, the miracles, the peace and the happiness he gives us. And in this, we see God. 
we see the hand of the Lord blessing. Here the Lord Jesus Christ performed miracles. Many were healed, many were freed, and they received many miracles. They were seeing what? The hand of God. They were seeing the power of the Lord. They saw the power of God in these miracles and healings. And we, today, we want to see God. We want to enjoy of the presence of the Lord in our lives. And for this, we need to have what? A pure heart. Limpio. So that you can see the hand of God in your life and in the life of your family and loved ones. So that you may see that hand of God merciful. Clean your heart. You can. You can clean your heart. If you make the objective, you can. Make it as an objective and you can. You can. Let us continue with another virtue, another fruit. Blessed are the peacemakers, the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The peacemakers, those that flee from discord, from the arguments, from fights, from the misunderstandings, from lack of comprehension, those that live in that plan of having peace, order, comprehension, wisdom, acceptance, calmness, patience, tolerance. Let us wait. It is the Lord who resolves all things. God resolves. Don't be like that. Don't act like that. Don't get upset. Don't be hot-tempered. Please, calm down. Don't be angry. The Lord resolves all things. Glory to the Lord. Those are the peacemakers. The peacemakers that love peace. The spiritual peace and the physical peace as well. Glory to the Lord. We have to ask the Lord to give us this such beautiful fruit. Verse 10, you may read. Blessed are those who are persecuted, who suffer for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed are all of those who are persecuted by their families, persecuted by their neighbors, by their friends. They are belittled, they are persecuted, they're criticized, they speak bad about them, and all for following the path of the Lord, for following the path of the gospel. But the Lord says, Blessed are those, for the kingdom of heaven is yours, is of us. Glory to the Lord. Thanks be to our Father. We do not worry. Why are we going to worry? If our family or friends or loved ones, relatives belittle us or criticize us for following this path, we are what? We are the owners of the kingdom of heaven. Thanks be to our father. So it says, blessed are those 
For when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Let us all read verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let us not be shocked that today as well there's persecution and evil days. We are with our Lord. The Lord with us. Who can come against us? And we thank our Father. Thanks be to the Lord for his mercy. And may the Lord help us so that we can reach all these virtues, all these qualities, all these fruits and have them in our life, each one of us. And let us please our Lord. Amen. How many desire to do the will of the Lord? How many love our Lord? Love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Love the Lord and he will love you as well. Thanks be to the Lord. And let us now initiate, begin with our questions. Sister, good morning. May the Lord bless you. It is a pleasure to greet you. Sister, I wanted to tell you that you are much more beautiful in person. I had a question in Genesis chapter 11, 7. Genesis, which chapter? 11, 7. Yes, yes. You may read, sister. Okay. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Sister, my question is, who went down to confuse them? The Lord and the Holy Spirit? I ask this because I've been in the church for two years and I'm still confused by this. Yes. There are many verses in the Bible where it mentions, when, it's, when it speaks of him, he speaks in plural, as if it was other persons, not only one. Let us go down, let us, we... So it seems, or what is logical, that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Since the Lord works in three ways, three manners, he gives this three ways in his personality, using us as if it was a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes. Good afternoon, Sister Maria Luisa. Welcome to Spain. My question is in regards to the experiences of the Apostle Paul, because the Apostle Paul lived through many difficulties, many tribulations, a lot of adversities, but he never turned back. He was always a man of God. He even lived a life in which he was not worried about anything that happened to him, like the whips that he received. And there's a verse that I am curious about, and is a reason of admiration for him because he says in a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Which? verse 8. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse 8. Yes. In which he says, But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. I reflected on this verse in the sense that the Apostle Paul did not lack anything, nor did he lack of anything, because he walked in the Spirit, 
and he lived for the things of God. And now, in what I have been able to see in the experiences that I have had, I noticed that we find it difficult or it is difficult for us to achieve even a little bit of what the Apostle Paul lived. I would like to know, my sister Maria Luisa, what are we lacking? Well, because the Apostle Paul lived a life in which it seemed that he lacked nothing, and he was a man who walked in the Spirit. Well, this is the love of God, the love towards God. And this can, this is reached when a person, many times perhaps there's a couple that say, oh, we're going to get a divorce. They are of the church. They've been in the church a long time. And they say, oh, we're going to get a divorce. The love ended. The love is gone. I say, you do not love God. You never have loved the Lord. Because if you would have loved the Lord, you would not be saying this. Because when you love the Lord, the Lord gives love and the Lord gives joy to the couple and the Lord gives understanding and love. This the Lord does. But if a person does not love the Lord and they simply have the appearance and say, I believe, believe and nothing more and their heart is far each one searching for their own, to this we not call love the Lord. The Lord abandons them. The Lord leaves them alone, turns away, and there then comes the flesh, there then the material, there then the enemy with all of his strength and destroys the little that is left in this couple. And so there then is the heart of a man or a woman that want to do good, as we just read, to have a clean, pure heart. He that loves the Lord, the Lord helps them so that their heart be pure. And you can, and it is reached. But if you do not love the Lord sufficiently, it cannot be done. It cannot be done. You cannot have a pure heart, and there will always be that stain in that spiritual life. And this is what Paul had that privilege. Paul had the privilege that the Lord called him and the Lord prepared him as well so that he could live that life of having a pure heart and of having the capacity in himself to serve God in such a manner that he did not want to marry for he wanted to serve the Lord completely. And to marry, meaning that he, you would have to work to sustain your wife, your family, the household. For during that time, it was the man who had to sustain the household completely. You had to do everything. The woman did not work, but the burden was always on the man. This is why Paul thought, if I marry, then I have to work to sustain the household of my children. And I leave the word of the Lord aside. Better yet, I not marry and the Lord will help me. So the Lord helped him and removed all tendency, dormant his flesh so he could serve the Lord in that way. It is not the same as today in this modern society or this era or culture that we live today 
where more than 2,000 years have passed, all has changed, where men and women work. They all work together. Everyone works. Even children, after they're older, they can work. And everyone helps each other for the responsibilities. And today, men can have their family, their household, and serve God, just as women. Women as well work and help and support the household, their husband, however you call it, your husband. And this is what occurred with the Apostle Paul. That he made that decision, the Lord helped him, for he loved the Lord. When you love the Lord, all can be done, everything. If you have envy, and I love the Lord, the Lord helps me and removes the envy that is in my heart. The Lord has cleansed me and has removed many things, for I love him, for I asked him, for I made the effort, and I was willing, and he helped me. I can say now that I have freedom in my heart of many things that it does not exist in my being. Because I love the Lord, I so love the Lord, and the desire to please the Lord made me change in that he helped me to change. So the Lord helps us change when we love him. Let us continue. Another question. Sister, good morning. May the Lord continue blessing you. My question is in Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen, where it states, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. And in verse 14 states, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Very well. The conclusion of all that was written in the book of Ecclesiastes. The conclusion in the book of Ecclesiastes is that all is vanity. All is vanity, meaning that all perishes, that all ends, all will vanish, all has an end. That we are vanity, let us say our physical body is vanity because one day it will decompose and becomes dust. So we are vanity. The only thing that we are not vanity is our personality because our spirit and our personality goes to the presence of the Lord. It is not vanity, but our physical body is because it corrupts and it becomes dust. So it says in Ecclesiastes that all is vanity, that mankind, why do they worry so much for the material things in life, that all the material vanishes, ends, has an end, it is destroyed, it is of no value. Why, better yet, do we not worry for this that is eternal? This is what Ecclesiastes teaches. And this is why the conclusion, it says here, it says, verse 11, the words of the wise are like goads, and the words of scholars are like well-driven nails given, given by one shepherd. It says, and further, my son, be admonished by these of making many books. There's no end and much study is wearisome to the flesh. Yes, because you tire. And there you're unsatisfied of much that you wrote, and there's no conclusion. 
and it wasn't right and you couldn't finish. But then the conclusion, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter of Ecclesiastes because I don't know if the brothers and sisters are in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Are you in the chapter? So in the very last verses, it says, so let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter of Ecclesiastes is this. Fear God, meaning love the Lord, believe in God, trust in God, worship the Lord, search for God. All this encloses in fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. Man's all is to fulfill the commandments of our Lord. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So it says that all the works of man, good or evil, will arrive to judgment. And one day we all will be before the presence of a judge, which is our Lord, and he will judge us of all that we did. Whether we did good things, how beautiful, because the Lord will judge us and say, such and such, you did all these good things, you did good, good, good. Come to my right, come to my right side, child, because you were good and steadfast to my right. And those who did not, then go to the left, and he will tell them, unfaithful servants, surely. We ex hope and want and desire with our heart to be what? Faithful servants, faithful to our Lord. Another question? Good morning, Sister Mary Louisa. May God bless you very much. I have a question in First of Corinthians eleven thirteen. First Corinthians 11, verse 13. You may read. Thank you, sister. Judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. Sister, my question here is that sometimes there are some sisters that come to church from my country and they say that they cannot pray without covering their head. I would like for you to clarify well, this a bit. Because surely they have not had the teaching, the guidance, or the presence of the Holy Spirit, which is what we rejoice today. And the Lord has not taught them. So they have limited themselves to do things literally. This is why here the Bible, there are thousands of religions that come from the Bible because each one interprets literally what is written. And this is not to be interpreted or to do literally as written. For we have to realize that here the Bible is narrating history and is narrating customs of that era. Customs 
of the Jews, for example, the traditions and the customs of the Jews. And then when the Lord Jesus Christ came with his gospel to preach, he said that he had sent the Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us, to do things correctly, and to give a good interpretation to the Bible. And this is what has occurred. So the Holy Spirit has taught us that all in the antiquity, Moses had ordered that the women had to be covered. This now in the gospel of Jesus Christ is removed, removed that custom here. But we see the apostle Paul was giving a teaching because Jews converted and many people from other nations to the gospel, to Christianity. And he could not remove from one day to the next the culture, the custom that had been for centuries. He was prudent and wise in saying it was better that the woman allow her hair to grow and then with her hair growing was sufficient sufficient that she not use a veil do not use a veil because with her hair was sufficient and the men to cut their hair but this today according to the holy spirit what the lord has revealed and shown us he no longer gives importance to these physical material things that we live or practice or may have. He better yet, what he looks at is the heart, that in their heart there not be hate, grudges or hate, that there not be stealing, homicide, fornication, adulteries, robbery, that there not be anything wicked in our heart. This is what today the Holy Spirit teaches and says that we should practice. All of these external or physical material things regarding our garments or clothing, this the Lord does not give so much importance. For the Lord, it is not important. If you want to use a long dress to the floor, the Lord says nothing. If you want to use a dress like we use here in Latin America, for example, Below the knee, the Lord says nothing. He is not worried about this. For what the Lord taught is what is important is in the heart. This is why the Lord says, Blessed are those who have a pure heart, for they will see the Lord and gain the kingdom of heaven. Not in any moment is the Lord saying, Because of your clothing, you're going to gain the kingdom of heaven. For the way you dress, you will there be in eternity. No, the Lord is saying that you be a person, be modest, that you do things normal, everything normal, without being a scandal or, or being a motive of temptation to men. For example, being naked or being semi-naked to tempt other people, men or women. Well, this the Lord says, do not do that. Be moderate, modest, honest. This is what the Lord says. But the Lord is going towards perfection of our actions, the way we act. Our dress is not in mat in importance. One day I know the Lord is going to reveal and teach you many things because the Lord teaches in dreams. In dreams, he gives many teachings. When the people have a question, they may have a doubt or a worry and this person loves the Lord, the Lord reveals to them. So do not worry. Do not worry. 
simply continue forward. Read and love the Lord and the Lord will teach you and will clarify many things. It is this. We are not going to argue regarding the way we people should dress or things that are of no value, material things of life. We discuss such important things, the spiritual life and not the physical or material. So therefore, in this way, we can not read word for word what a verse says because of a verse they bring forth a religion and what is sad is that all the religions are without God they say they call upon the Lord they believe the Lord but the Lord does not manifest in their lives and since the Lord manifests among us he teaches us many things that is the invitation that we give to the people to those of other religions that they love the true Lord and that this true Lord is going to teach them and is going to guide them and show them the true path so they can continue forward. It is this. Very well. Let us continue. Let us continue. Good evening, Sister Mary Luisa. Welcome to Spain. I'm a native of the island of Lanzarote in the Canaries. Sister Mary Luisa, I have a question in Psalms 88 from verse 3 to 5. Yes, sister, you may read. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to the grave. I am counted with those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no strength, adrift among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and who are cut off from your hand. Sister, my question and my doubt is in the last line in verse 5 and who are cut off from your hand and I don't know how to interpret how are the souls cut off from God's hand well they were cut off from the hand of the Lord for they did not believe in him they were not saved they were persons who did their own self whims they were not fearful of the Lord so they died in a battle for when it says the sword covered them and they were slain and they were taken and they died. These persons without God are abandoned by the Lord and they are there dead in a grave. The physical body and the spiritual as well, they are forgotten by the Lord in this grave. It speaks of persons who were condemned. Very well. Let us continue. Let us continue. Another question. Good morning, sister. Welcome to Spain. I am from Equatorial Guinea, and I have a question in the Bible, and it's in the book of Romans, chapter 7, verse 14 to 20. May I read, sister? Yes. Romans, chapter 7, verse 14 to 20. Yes. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, 
I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil I will not to do that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Sister Mary Louisa, my question is, if I don't do what I don't want, what's the sin that dwells in me? Very well. 14. The Apostle Paul is teaching the Church of Rome during this time in that era, teaching so that they could distinguish between the law of Moses and the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what he was teaching for they to know how to distinguish, to not be confused with the law of Moses and with the spirit, which is the gospel of Christ. This is why he says in 14, for we know that the law of Moses is spiritual, but I am a man carnal, mean I am physical. I am in a body of flesh and blood. I am carnal or physical or material. I am sold under sin, sold under sin, giving us the understanding that this, our flesh, our body is weak and our body is where all the tendencies and the desires are there to do things. And generally we do things that are evil or displeasing. Generally, our body, our flesh, entices us to do what is disorderly in life. Go and drink. Oh, I have such a desire to drink. Oh, I want to go and hurt somebody or steal. Oh, I want to go and kill someone. Because this is what this flesh or this body entices a majority of people. This is why the Apostle Paul says, I am here carnal. The law is spiritual. The law of the Lord is spiritual. But I am sold under sin because my flesh is weak. And what it does is sin and sin and sin. I do not want to sin. The Apostle Paul says, I do not want to sin. But my body entices me to fall in sin. This, let us continue in 15. For what I am doing, Paul says, for what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do that I do not practice. This is true. For a person, a person that has an addiction, a drug is a drug addict. I don't want to be a drug addict. I don't want, but I can't. I can't help it. I need to consume the drug. I need it. I become desperate. I go crazy if I'm not consuming the drug. I don't want to. I wish I couldn't, but I, I know it hurts me and harms me, but I can't. I can't avoid it. There is being fulfilled what the apostle says. For what, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not do, I agree with the law that it is good.
for the law of the Lord prohibits. But since I cannot avoid it, for my flesh forces me. I say that the law is good, and I am the one that's evil for doing these displeasing things. 17. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So it says, For it is no longer I who does this as evil. It is the sin that's in my flesh that controls me is what's doing evil. But I want to do good. I want to be good. I want to be just and righteous. I want to be gentle, sit humble. I want to do good. It allows me. This is what the apostle says. 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. Yes, a desire to do good. But this is what is difficult to do because our flesh controls us or forces us to do what we don't want to do. Here, this is what Paul is stating. But I want to add a little bit more. But we want to do good. We want to do what is right, righteous, and please the Lord. But our flesh does not allow us. But there is one who is more powerful that can control our flesh, which is the Lord. The Lord helps us, controls us, transforms us, and removes this sinful tendency that is within us so that we may live what? A righteous and spiritual life. Let us continue. Let us continue. Yes, brother. Good morning. I wanted to thank, I wanted to give thanks to God for being in a Bible study for the first time after two years of following you through the internet. And the question is in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse number 11 in the last line. And it states, also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. Here it speaks of David. When your days are fulfilled, in plural, and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. Verse number 13. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his. I'm not sure if that his refers to Jesus. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men. And with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. And your throne shall be established forever. And the question is whether the confirmation of the promise of the present ministry, or in other words, the Church of God, Ministry of Jesus Christ International, is it for eternity? Is it this one that we are part of? Very well. Here, the verses that you just read are referring to our Lord Jesus Christ. 
to he, it refers and says that he is the successor of David. This is why Samuel says that he says to David that after you, the Lord was going to place another whom the Lord would be blessing forever. Referring to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth informing his church, he made a promise to his disciples that when he left, he would not leave his disciples alone or his congregation, but that he would send a counselor, another counselor. That was the promise that he would send the Holy Spirit to be with the congregation with the disciples, with the believers. It is for this that we, that is the sign that we have to be able to believe that we are walking in the path of the Lord because we have the sign of the Holy Spirit, because we feel the Holy Spirit and we experience it in our lives because he has given us the gifts for he makes us speak other languages, other tongues, heavenly and angelical tongues. And for we see the miracles and the blessings that the Lord gives in our lives, the peace and the joy that he gives. In this way, we realize that he did send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is with us. And he has told us that we are his congregation, that we are his church, and this is why we believe it. And we are waiting to be saying holy even more. We are waiting to be more perfect every day until we are perfect as he wants us to be perfect. But on the way, we, we evangelize and we speak to the people of God while we are preparing to be holy and perfect before him, we are speaking to the people, evangelizing others as well, testifying. So therefore, it is the Lord Jesus who is speaking to Samuel, to David. And the Lord Jesus is the head of his church, of the congregation. And we thank our Lord that we have lived and have felt the presence of the Lord here for more than 45 plus years where he speaks to us and makes promises. And we see the promises fulfilled day by day, year by year. Promises the Lord makes, we are seeing them fulfilled in our lives. And this is why we believe, for it is a great sign that we have a great demonstration that we have that God is with us. Thanks be to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Let us continue. Let us continue. Hello, sister. I come from the Church of Alicante. I am from Nigeria. Welcome. My question is in First of Peter, chapter 3, verse 3. I will read. Whom you adored, let it not be that outward adoring of plating the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on of appearances. My question is, I want for you to explain to me, please, if 
What is written here is for antiquity or is it for today? Because many people from where I'm from have changed. They don't wear these things. They don't wear jewelry. And also, I was part of them. When I came to this church, I realized that where I was, there was no light, and I found the light here. That is why I wish for you to explain this to me. I'm going to read from verse 1, chapter 3, 1 Peter. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When we realize that the culture during that era in which the woman did not work, but the husband is who had to sustain and fulfill all the obligations and responsibilities. So the wives, they had to be very respectful and submissive to the husbands respecting very well. But today it's the same. Why not? The respect is mutual, mutual respect for both. He respect and valuing her and she respect and value him as well. And they both have to respect each other mutually and they have to love each other and submit mutually both. It's not just her, but both because that is what the Holy Spirit has taught us. Verse two, when they observe your chest conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting the fine apparel. This is very important, but I would like for you to pay close attention with this verse, which is misinterpreted. When it says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, how you're going to dress, you are not going to show, you're not going to show your holiness or your perfection with your adornment, with your jewelry. In the antiquity, yes. In the antiquity, for example, the people of Israel, we read the history that the people of high society, those that were rich in the people of Israel, they were distinguished by their way of dressing. They used fine garments and fine jewelry, precious stones, gold, and all of the precious stones they wore to show that they were part of a very high society. For they to show that they were superior to others and that the others had to honor them and greet them with reverence. In this manner is how they showed their importance by their garments and the way they dressed with their jewelry. This is how in the antiquity, the importance and the category and the rank was shown. Today, it is not so. Today, it is not shown your, the category or the importance of a person by how they dress. Even though we see in the world that perhaps there are persons who dress with designer clothes, that everything is designer, that it costs a lot of money, the clothes that they use, since they have money, they buy designer clothing. 
and what's expensive. And they show with this that they are of high class. But in the Lord, in our spiritual life, the Lord, in the antiquity, the people of Israel, they did allow for the leaders to have garments and jewelry to show their rank and the others would respect them. Later, when the gospel of the Lord arrived, the Lord said, now you are no longer going to show your holiness, your perfection. You are not going to show this with your garments. You are going to show with your fruits, with what is in your heart, with humility, modesty, mercy. With all of these attributes, with all of these values, the fruits of the spirit, virtues, qualities that are internal of the heart, with this is how you are going to show that you are a man or woman of God. You, whether you use all the kind of jewelry, no one is going to believe that you are a perfect woman. For if you use all these precious stones or most expensive clothing, you could be an evil man or woman in your heart. And the Lord will not look at you. So with your garments, you are not going to show holiness. This is what the apostle Peter taught. Now in the gospel... You do not show holiness with how you dress with your garments or with your adornments or with your hair set dressings. It says in verse four, rather you're going to show your holiness, your perfection within your heart. It says, rather let it be within the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. That with that gentleness and modesty, the women of the antiquity lived that life with God. So I don't know, brothers and sisters, if this is clear. It is not that it is a sin to wear jewelry. It's not that it is a sin that you wear designer clothing or expensive garments according to your possibilities, how you dress depending on your money. That's how you live. If you want to use diamonds, jewelry, you can. It is not a sin before the Lord. But with this, you're not going to show us holiness or perfection with God, but with virtues, your moral values in your heart. This is how you're going to show humility and modesty. This is how you're going to show that you are a child of God with the way you are turned away from sin, not falling in evil paths, not doing what is wicked in this way. That is a spiritual adornment that the Lord wants for you to use to know that if a man or woman are holy and righteous before the Lord, fearful of God, it is this. But that does not mean that the way you dress or jewelry is a sin. Simply that in the antiquity, there, you did have to show it in this way with what they had. But not today. Today, it is different. 
It is in the heart. It is internal. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in the heart of each one? Good things. If there are good things, that is what will flow forth. And it has nothing to do with the way you dress. At the end result, what you dress is what Ecclesiastes calls vanity of vanities that all ends. All has an end, but is not a sin before the Lord. So let us not disveer, distort the path. That is why there are so many religions and fanatism and people flee for fanatism and do not want to look for the Lord. And this is what we want to search for the Lord, willing hearts for the Lord and serve our neighbors. Let us continue with another question. Good morning, Sister Maria Luisa. May the Lord bless you. Sister, if you allow me to ask you a question of the Bible. Yes, brother. I'm going to read, Sister. In the Gospel of John, chapter number four, verse number one, the Word of God states, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, and in verse number two states, Though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, Sister Maria Luisa, We know that John the Baptist performed the baptism of repentance. When the Lord Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the law of Moses, he died on the cross, resurrected. He told his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Sister Maria Luisa, at that moment when the Lord Jesus Christ was alive, how did his disciples perform that baptism? In what name did they do it, or in what way did they do it, sister? John chapter 4. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, that was the gossip. With that gossip, they went to the Pharisees. Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. So it says that these baptism that they performed were of repentance. It was the baptism of repentance. The baptism of John the Baptist was of repentance. Repent, confess your sins, and the people confessed their sins, and they were baptized. This is what John did, and the Lord Jesus Christ with his disciples, they as well came and were baptized, the disciples baptized the people with the baptism of repentance. This is why in the Acts of the Apostles, when it shares a story that the Apostle Paul went with two other prophets to a city and they asked, in what baptism were you baptized? And they answered, we were baptized in the baptism of John, the baptism of repentance. This is when Paul says, now you need to be baptized in this of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. So the Lord and his disciples baptism in this of repentance. Very well, my beloved brothers and sisters. I entrust you with, I strongly suggest, I confer to you, I tell you to read the Bible. Continue reading the Bible. Continue being more sanctified, more perfect in your spiritual life. Continue cleansing your heart, loving the Lord, 
loving God more than your own self. Love the Lord above yourself. Love those that surround you, our neighbor, so that in this way we can have eternal life, so that in this way we can reach eternal life to live with God. And in this life, enjoy of the presence of the Lord and his blessings. And may the Lord always be with us. A great blessing for you all on behalf of my Lord. For the Lord has so promised that he shall bless you. That he shall bless you greatly. And that there are much blessings for you all. There are many triumphs and victories for you. There is prosperity, and the Lord will take you by the hand always. He will not leave you or abandon you. The Lord will be hearing your prayers. He will be hearing your pleas. He will be hearing your needs, your petitions, your desires, and he will grant the Lord is very close to each one of you and he will cleanse you and bless you and heal you and he will be delivering and doing working miracles. All of these things the Lord has for you today. Great blessings, great triumphs and great prosperity. And even though many don't want to leave, we have to go. But each one leaves with God. And now let us pray for petitions, for your needs, for healings, for miracles, for marvels. Believe and trust that the Lord is there ready to bless you. Eternal Lord, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are here, Lord, before your presence in this moment. We have rejoiced, O Lord. We have been joyful, reflecting in your word, O God, speaking of you examining, O oh Lord, analyzing the word, the doctrine that you are teaching, that you are revealing, the doctrine of which you give us the capacity each day to live a better life. Thank you, eternal Lord. We know that you are here in spirit, that you are so close to us, for we feel you, for we have felt your the presence of your Holy Spirit, for we see your hand of power, for we see your miracles, the signs, and all that you do in the midst of us. We see, O oh Lord, the transformation of the hearts, the transformation of the lives, the change that you have done in each one, the deliverance, the joy, the happiness, the faith, the trust that you have given in our life that hope as well of waiting and trusting in you of waiting in your promises in your word in your hand of power and your blessings all of these things my lord we have in our being and we want god to express before you and give you thanks and give you the honor the glory and the worship for all of your benefits, for your love, for your blessings, and all that we receive for your hand of power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, eternal Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I ask, my Lord, that you extend your hand in this afternoon. Extend your hand of power. Bless, O oh Lord. Bless all of your children. Bless all of those that have arrived today. Give them the joy, the happiness, and that your blessings fall 
like rains of blessings upon each one and that you deliver, that you remove all illness, that you remove diseases, all pain and suffering, remove them. Look at cancer, diabetes, the spinal cord, the skin. Look at all of the internal organs, diseases, sufferings. Remove, oh Lord, Down syndrome. Remove, oh Lord, all of those diseases, degenerative illnesses. There's no cure. There's no solution, no medication. You, oh Lord, may do a miracle. Bless, remove paralysis. Remove, oh Lord, all of the illnesses, brain mental illness remove oh lord remove all curses witchcraft destroy the work of the enemy destroy shackles chains remove oh lord the burdens remove curses and destroy all curse from the enemy give peace joy happiness give healings for your children those that call upon you those that do not have faith help them to have faith and believe so that they may receive your blessing receive your love your hand of power your precious gifts that they as well may have the baptism of the Holy Spirit the spiritual gifts reigns of blessings from the heavens father descend with your power upon each one O Lord and give them a new life healing remove the illnesses all of these evil spirits of illness and deliver cleanse them O Lord and give them the spiritual gifts, joy and happiness in their heart. Thank you for they are receiving from your hand healings, deliverance, cleansing and the miracles. Their heart burned with joy. Their heart burns with happiness for your presence is with them and your Holy Spirit is with them. Great changes the Lord shall give. Great triumphs the Lord shall give to his people. And great blessings for each one. And great deliverance for each one. And much happiness. And much rest and relief. And material blessings as well. A place to live. The prosperity, monies, and a job the Lord shall give. Thank you, Father. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Your beloved son. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. He saves me and keeps me. He is the one I'm living. day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. He saves me and keeps me. He is the one I'm day with
Jesus is sweeter than the day before. We give thanks to our Lord. Thanks be to our Heavenly Father. Do not forget, brothers and sisters, that you leave full with blessings from the Lord. The Lord, either way to each one, grants his blessing, and you do not leave alone. You do not leave empty. But you leave with your hands full, for he has promised many blessings, help for you, and as well, he has promised material blessings. Material blessings he has promised, our Lord. So leave with the blessing of our Father. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord guard you and keep you always. May you be joyful and happy with the Lord. And until the next time, until the next time, may God bless you. God bless you and thank you. Thank you.